Amen. All right, if you have your Bibles, let's open them to the book of Luke, chapter 17. Luke, chapter 17, and uh, we're going to begin reading in verse 22. We'll read responsively through verse 32. And uh, 32nd verse will be our text verse. And uh, anybody could memorize that one. Remember Lot's wife. Amen. All right. Verse 22, Luke 17. And he said unto the disciples, The days will come when you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you shall not see it. And they shall say to you, See here or see there. This is your turn to read with me. Go not after, did I not ask this to stand? That's my, I thought this was Wednesday night. Okay, let's stand. Um, go not after them, nor follow them. So let's, I'll pick it up in verse 24. For as the lightning that lighteneth out of one part under heaven shineth unto another part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded, but the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. And this is what we want to talk about tonight. One of the most important statements in the Bible, remember Lot's wife. Don't forget her. She teaches us great lessons and uh, gives us great warnings. Remember Lot's wife. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you bless the message. We yield your spirit. We pray for help uh, to preach it. We thank you for the two-edged sword of the Word of God. We pray that your spirit would reveal these things to us and do the work in our heart. Help us to be prepared uh, spiritually, mentally, uh, for what is to soon happen, uh, that we would hear the last trump and go up to meet thee in the air. But help us to learn the doctrine uh, from the great tribulation. Remember Lot's wife. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. We need to be mindful of this. We need to remind ourselves, Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. So if we're going to rightly divide the word of truth, we know that there is a pre-tribulation rapture. The church, when the last soul is saved... The body of Christ is complete. We will be called out to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And when that happens, the tribulation will begin. So this is the 70th week of Daniel. 
uh, the time of great tribulation, the last three and a half years being called the time of Jacob's trouble uh, when the Antichrist will try to commit genocide and exterminate the chosen people of God, Israel. So we know there's a pre-tribulation. So doctrinally, this does not apply to us, thank God. But there is a spiritual principle that applies to the church age. This is what we want to talk about this evening. So when he said, remember Lot's wife, this pertains to many very, very important subjects or uh, doctrines. One of them is obedience. Will we remember Lot's wife? Will we learn the lesson that Lot's wife taught us and is to teach us? And will we continue to stir it up by way of remembrance? And I remind you, this is a solemn warning. This is not a suggestion. This is just not some reminiscing memory. He said, you better remember Lot's wife. There is something that you will answer to God for if you do not remember Lot's wife. That's how important that it is. Also, it is the question of love. Who do we love? What do we love? Do we love God? Are we looking forward to heaven, eternity? Or do we love the world? Do we love Sodom? Remember Lot's wife. Don't look back. Don't look back. It also brings up the direction that we are traveling. Are we headed forward or are we living in the past? Or have we let go of the past or has the past come into our present to haunt it and to destroy it? And then that will go on into the future. But Paul said this one thing I do. One, forgetting the past, pressing on toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Remember Lot's wife. But also it, it's to bring up the doctrine of the future or the past by not looking back. So if you're going to follow Christ and take up your cross, you can't look back. You can't draw back. You can't turn back. You can't relive it. You can't rethink it. You can't second guess what has happened. And you have to press on. So you need to remember your family is in the past. Hopefully your family comes with you following Christ, right? But your friends are in the past. The old crowds in the past. The old hobbies. The old habits. Maybe the old music. Maybe it was the old hairstyle. Maybe it was the old clothing ways of the world. Whatever it is, the old haunts, the old habits. This one thing I do, I'm forgetting the past. I'm pressing forward. So the problem with most Christians today, the apostasy that's going on, the falling away before our very eyes, they want to bring the past into the church. They want to bring the church into the world and the world into the church. And the old saying, the world's so churchy and the church is so worldly. It's hard to tell the difference a lot of times in, in the average modern liberal apostate worldly 
uh, church of today, and we need to regroup, refire. And, you know, I was very encouraged this week. Um, I saw something happen. You know, if it's our four, no more. I'd rather be small and do it right than be a sellout and try to get numbers and compromise and all these things that, that all these other churches are doing, letting the world into the church. So the Bible tells us, if you put your hand to the plow and you're going to farm and you look back, you are not fit for the kingdom of heaven. You're not fit for it. So Christ wants us to follow him. I ask you a question. You know, we, we can contemplate these things. If this applied to us, and, and God came to us today, and he said, I'm going to destroy Uvalde, Texas. And I'm going to bring hailstones of fire from heaven. I'm going to burn the whole place up. And the only way you can be saved is you have to run for your life. Run for your life. You cannot get anything and bring it with you. You cannot bring anybody else with you. You cannot think about what is behind you. And you cannot look back. I wonder how many people would make it. Just run for your life. Remember Lot's wife. Now, praise the Lord, we're saved by grace through faith. We know this in the finished work of Christ on Calvary. It is a gift of God. It's, it's not of yourselves, and it's not of works, lest any man should boast. But this very, very important admonition by the Lord Jesus Christ to remember Lot's wife, though it applies to Israel and those still on the earth after the rapture of the church, has very great lessons for us. This is such a succinct statement. Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. It's almost like John eleven thirty two. 32. Jesus wept. Few words, very, very profound truths. It's like when Jesus would say, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, ye must be born again. And so Jesus only mentioned a few people in the Bible. You know, Solomon, Jonah, Elijah, Noah, John the Baptist. And who else is included? Lot's wife. Now, we're not told her name. We don't know her name, but we know what type of a woman she was. We know her influence, and we know who she loved, and we know what she loved, and we know that the sin she committed, she lost her soul. What doth it profit a man if he should gain the whole world, but lose his own soul? Lot's wife looked back. And she lost everything, not just her hometown, not just her family, not just her home, not her possessions, not her family heirloom. She lost her soul. Remember Lot's wife. She is not famous. She is infamous. 
Jesus used her as a warning. So we need to learn from this, and we need to constantly remind ourselves, you remind me, remember Lot's wife. I'm to remind you, remember Lot's wife. So we know she wasn't a helpmeet to her husband. She didn't help Lot uh, serve the Lord and fear the Lord. She was a lost, worldly, Sodom and Gomorrah lover who had her own agenda, her own kingdom set up on earth below, and she used her husband selfishly to get what she wanted. And that's a true Jezebel spirit, just like Jezebel used Ahab to get what she wanted. And she manipulated the king of Israel, her husband. So 2 Peter 2 says that God delivered just Lot, and he vexed his righteous soul with the filthy conversation of the wicked. And how did he do this? by seeing and hearing their unlawful deeds. You know, you don't have to do what they're doing to be vexed. And the word vexed means when you torture your own righteous soul. You don't belong. You know it's not right. You shouldn't be there. You shouldn't be in that place. You shouldn't be around those people. It is very tormenting to the righteous soul, vexing. It's troubling. You know it's not a right place and you shouldn't be there. But a lot of people think, well, I can be there as long as I'm not doing what they're doing. But what does the Bible say? You don't have to participate. All you have to do is see it and hear it, and you are going to vex your righteous soul. Look what Lot's wife did. She disobeyed the holy angels. She disobeyed the Lord Jesus Christ, a Christophany, a pre-incarnate, a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ. She lingered, she drew back, and she looked back. And the Bible tells us that she was turned into a pillar of salt as a memorial to what will happen to everyone who loves the world, everyone who looks back. Now, could you just run for your life and never look back? If you have faith, you could. Just run. There used to be a saying, run for the hills. Just run for your life. What if you had a newborn baby? Could you run and not look back? What if you're a grandmother? Could you just run and leave your grandchildren? Those are hard questions, isn't it? Could you, could you leave your uh, favorite possessions and the work of a lifetime, of all that you put in to your life in, in the world below? Could you just run and not look back? Remember Lot's wife. She was so worldly that she sold out Love Sodom. She was so lustful that she became perverted. And she was so evil that she was a compromiser of all the Word of God and the morals and the ethics and the law 
of the Almighty that she chose this wicked place to build her house, to establish her family, to be a bad influence on her husband, to raise her children. You know, you know for sure she'd have had one of those bumper stickers, you know, my child graduated from Evolution University. And she'd have been, she'd have been happy and proud of it. You know, she'd have been one of those, and I'm not saying this is wrong to have, you know how people have the sticker on the back of their car, they have the mommy and the daddy and the three little kids with the soccer ball and a dog and a cat. You know, she would have had Sodom right there with hailstones coming down on it. She loved the world. She chose the easy way. And the Bible tells us that you will not reign with Christ unless you're willing to suffer with Christ. Those things that are misunderstood by the world and you become rejected, even maybe by your own family, and you suffer with Christ and it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, only they will rule and reign with Christ. And the Bible says that the sufferings which we now endure are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us and the things which God hath prepared for those that love Him. So this context is the second coming of Christ. He talks about Noah and People ate and drank. They just married and given and married. Just like today, worried about human relationships, their job, making money, these types of things, going out to restaurants and eating until what happened? The flood came and destroyed them all. Just like in Sodom and Gomorrah. They bought, they sold, they builded, they planted, they went out to eat, they married, they were given in marriage until... God rained fire and brimstone and destroyed them all. And, and he tells us, you remember what Lot's wife did. You remember the bad decision she made. You remember that she could not run. She had to look back. And you know why she looked back? Her heart was in Sodom. She loved the world. Now, if you keep reading this chapter, this is not the rapture of the church, and I don't have time to go into this. This is the rapture of Israel during the tribulation when God will sound the trumpet and all Israel will be called to Mount Sinai at the second coming of Christ and they will uh, retrace the Exodus, cross over the Jordan River, God will set the battle in array at the Battle of Armageddon, and all the armies of the world will be gathered together. And it says that this is where the birds will come and feast on the carcasses of all the wicked that come to fight against Jesus Christ. Now, let's look what it says for the spiritual principle that we're supposed to um, learn and apply to our life. So look what it says in verse 31. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. 
And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Now, this would be hard for us to imagine, uh, but we can use our visualization and intellect. Let's say your family's at home. You have three kids and a wife. You're at work. When this happens, don't look back. Could you run for your life and not go back home? Not check on your wife, not check on your children. I know this seems cruel to some people. If you were on the housetop, he said, don't even go in your house and get your stuff. You run for your life. If you're working in the farm field, don't go back home. You know how many people would want to make an excuse, I need to pack, you know, I need to, I forgot my toothbrush or, you know, I've got this or that. No, he said, you run, remember Lot's wife, and sad to say, very few people could do it. Now, this is why he said, enter in at the straight gate, for narrow is the gate that leadeth unto life. Straight is the gate. And what did he say? Few there be which find it. For wide is the gate that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which goeth in thereat. So think about Lot's wife. Now, if you go all the way back, how did they end up in Sodom? Well, the Bible tells us very plainly in the book of Genesis that Lot's servants could not get along with Abraham's servants. They were very selfish. They were bickering. They were arguing. And Abraham, in his wisdom, he knew, I need to separate from my nephew. You know, and sometimes it's not always the best thing to even be around your family. He said, I need to get away from my nephew. So he said, I'll let you choose. And whichever way you go, I'm going the other direction. Now, first of all, how many people could do that? Uh, so what happened? Lot saw the well-watered plain of Sodom. You know, and, and I've been there, and Israel looked over it. Uh, it's a burnt-over desert. Uh, some places a blade of grass won't grow. It's a place of dragons and um, vipers and scorpions. It's a, it's a brutally bitter, harsh, dry arid place, and you know where Lot picked, Sodom and Gomorrah. It's green over there. Ah, it rains a lot in Sodom. It's a well-watered plant. They have a good economy over there. And by the way, the, the weather's a little better. I really like the weather. You know, these worldly ways to choose where you live. You know, more money, better weather, better economy, uh, you know, higher standard of living, these types of things. He didn't check the crime rate, though. You know, I think there's these new apps where if you're going through a strange place, it'll tell you, don't exit here and get gas. This is a high crime place. You know, uh, it's not worth it. Go up the road a while and go on the other side of the highway. He didn't check the crime rate. He didn't check the moral compass of how wicked it was with all the sodomites. But you know what happened? You know, if you study the Bible, you put it all together, 
Who was one of the big influences in this? It was his wife. His wife. She was the one who influenced him to leave Abraham. She was the one who chose the easier life of the, the uh, city metroplex. All the infrastructure. You know, they have better bridges over there. and They have better sewer systems and these types of things. She's the one who influenced him. Think about it. She sacrificed her own children to live in Sodom. And not only that, when God came to save her, she didn't want to be saved. This is the appalling thing. She lingered, and the angels had to drag them out, and, and she was lingering. She said, I don't want to go. No, not yet. Can I stay here just a little longer? I love my home. I, I love my hometown. You know how it is. I love South Dakota. Oh, I just love it. Hey, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Some of you need to wake up and smell the coffee and it's not Folgers. Or is it Maxwell House? Wake up. We're not going to be. We're just passing through. You know how many people want to hang on, look back? And they, try, they begin to pull them out of the city. And she said, not yet. Can, I, can we stay here just a little longer? And they got out of the city, and they begin to go, and she just had to look back. She just had to look back. And she turned into a pillar of salt. Why? She loved the world. And salt is a type of a preservative in the Word of God of longevity. And to this very day, there are still pillars of salt over there. Did you know you can go over there and dig sulfur balls out of the earth that is pure, I forget the, the uh, element chemical makeup, pure sulfur from when God rained fire and brimstone from heaven and burn up the two cities of the plain. And, and you can take a, a match or a lighter and it's, it's like a chemical, that sulfur, it just lights up with a very, very um, intense heat. And it's still there today to remind us you better remember Lot's wife. I'm not suggesting this. Jesus Christ said, this is an ultimatum. This is a solemn warning. This is not an empty threat. You remember Lot's wife. I remember when we went up to Masada. It was a place where the Essenes, the Jewish zealots, built a fort. Later on, Herod built a fort. But the uh, Romans had to build this huge ramp out of earth. And uh, the Jews, rather than surrendering to the Romans, uh, ended up committing suicide so that they were not slaves and tortured by the Romans. But when you go up there on the high precipice, you're looking over the plain of Sodom. And you, you can just envision it. And the well-watered plain. And the rest of it is like a burnt over desert. So the word Lot is an interesting word. We don't know Lot's wife's name, but it means a veil 
or a covering to wrap or to hide what is underneath. And it's the same word in Idumean, which is uh, out, out of Edom, uh, Esau, and, and it, Lodian. And it's the same root word, but basically it means Lot was righteous. It says he was a just man. You know why? He lived by faith. Lot was justified by faith, but he was worldly. And not only that, his wife was lost and loved Sodom so much that she just had to look back. Just had to look back. Now, Abraham was the friend of God, the father of the faithful, and godly man separated from Lot. And this is very important. Just because somebody's a Christian doesn't mean you ought to hang around them either. You know, there's worldly Christians that are just as bad of an influence as a worldly lost person. You know, I'll I, I tell you this just, uh, I don't like telling stories like this, but when I was in Bible college, three of the worldliest people in the college were preacher's kids. Yeah, preacher's kid. And they were so worldly. They were going to the movies. And, you know, and at the college I went to, if you got caught in the movies, you're out. You know, there are certain things. If you touch liquor, you're out. You smoked, you're out. If you went to the movies, you're out. You are um, expelled from college. And three of the, the worldliest ones were famous preachers. Pre these pastors had big churches. And they were the ones trying to go around the world. You know, that's why they're crooks. They want to go around the rules. They don't want the straight and the narrow way. So Abraham knew this. He, he said, it's not best for me to be around Lot. And, and probably a lot of it had to do with Lot's wife. Lot's wife was a bad bad influence on him. So I want to remind the women of how much power you have. You have a lot of influence, whether you realize it or not. You can um, really use your woman powers, that's what I call it, to influence your man. Very powerful. Look what Lot's wife did. The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world, as the saying goes. So it goes all the way back to Genesis 13. It says there was strife, arguments, disagreements between the servants of Lot and the servants of Abraham. And Abraham had rather have peace. You know where this all started? Selfish arguments. Selfish arguments. And it's mighty hot in here. I told y'all things should have been on 68. Should have been a meat locker, right? Uh, it, it can't keep up when it's this hot. So look what started it all. Selfishness. I want this. I don't care what you want. I'm willing to go out of my way. Doesn't matter how it affects you. And his wife was very bad, bad influence. Look where they ended up. And not only that, you know, she never learned her lesson. 
just before this, we had the battle of the kings of Chedor Laamor, where this wicked king comes in, and Lot gets taken hostage and all of his family and into a foreign land. You know who saves him? Abraham. Abraham raises an army out of his own people. God uses him to go and save Lot and uh, his family. They didn't learn. They didn't learn. Uh, I just love the culture. You know, I hear that all the time. I just love the culture. Well, you better. What does the Bible say? Our conversation is in heaven. Your citizenship is in heaven. You know, I've had to fill out some legal documents lately, and it'll say, uh, if you're not a citizen of the United States, check here what citizen or country or citizen. Of, and I, every time I want to put heaven, but I know they wouldn't understand what that means. But if you're saved, you're already in heaven. The Bible says through the baptism of the Spirit, you're seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father, blessed in all, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. That is our home. And until we go there, we're just pilgrims and strangers passing through. And what are we supposed to do? Put your hand to the plow. Don't look back. Don't look back. Now, in my life, you know, I had my idols like everybody else, and I can testify. Uh, you know, the first thing I had to get rid of was my surfboard. I was an idiot, you know, and I saw four people get bit by sharks right in front of me, cut to pieces. I was so stupid, I would keep going. I saw people get washed up on the jetties and sliced by barnacles. I would just keep going. I watched a man get covered by a uh, Portuguese man-of-war. It went all over his face, covered his whole body. He cried and screamed like a baby. I don't know if he lived. They had to airlift him in. I still kept going, and the, I knew I have got to get rid of everything in my life that has anything to do with the beach. That seems weird. I had to get rid of my surfboard wax, my uh, suntan lotion, my swimming trunks, everything. First thing I do, I said, I'm getting rid of this stuff. Now, I had a friend. He got saved, too. He wouldn't get rid of his, and he liked to drive around town with his surf racks on because he thought he could pick up chicks. <laughs> so he thought if he had his surf racks on... And he'd drive around, you know, and I said, boy, you better get rid of that stuff. You can't, you better not look back. You know, and, and I'm not saying it's wrong to go to the beach. I would like to go to the beach and pick up seashells someday uh, and step on a jellyfish or whatever. Uh, I'm not saying it's wrong. I, you know, I, I like the beach. But for me, it means something. For me, it means the past. I can't look back. I can't draw back. I can't turn back. I, I can't relive it and long for it. One thing I do, forgetting the past. You know, I, one of my friends, he, he hitchhiked to the beach. I probably told this story many times. In the back of a pickup, 60 mile an hour winds came. He loved his surfboard so much he would not let go. 
and he hugged that thing and let go, and, it, and the wind sucked it out, and he went with it. And they were going 70 miles an hour, and I mean, his whole body was blood, and there was asphalt under his skin, ruined his face for life. You know why? He loved that surfboard. He just got it. I never forgot it. It was a Stinger Winger. It was a new technology where it went like that, had a swallowtail in the back and wings. Uh, ruined his life forever. You know why? He loved it. Uh, I praise the Lord. Somehow, I just said, I'm going that way. I'm going that way. I don't care what I used to do. I don't care where I used to live. I don't care where I used to be. I'm not looking back. You know, the next thing I had to get rid of was my electric guitar. Had to get rid of my amp, my, uh, what all, uh, my uh, Echo Man, my Phase Shifter, my Memory Man, all this high-tech electronics that would do certain things. Uh, I, I wanted that guitar more than anything. I, when I got saved, I wanted to get rid of that guitar more than anything. I got rid of it. I, just, I said, I'm going forward. Now, this is my life. You know, I'm, I have to go all or nothing. But, you know, I, I just all the, the old clothes and all the old haunts. First thing I did was I burnt my record collection. We went out to a ranch. We had a 55-gallon drum. We put all of our records in there, and I, I never forgot it. Um, what was that guy's name? The famous hunter who's a right-wing Republican. Um, somebody, what's his name? Yeah, Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent just came up with a new record. It was called Cat Scratch Fever. And he's like this, and he's screaming on the record. And, and, you know, you can believe me or not, when we burnt that thing, we could hear devils crying out, just screaming bloody, uh, screaming in agony. I had to get rid of all that stuff. I couldn't have it hanging around. You know, I, I'm very ad, uh, admire old Brandon, you know, he, he got saved. First thing he did, he said, I went home and I broke my bongs. He's our guy. He, and he told me this morning, I threw away $1,000 worth of drugs. He goes, man, that's unbelievable. And, and some other, uh, what do you call it, paraphernalia. But this is just my life. And I'm not saying I'm perfect, but anything of the past is keeping me from the future. And this one thing I do. So look what she did, though. She loved the world. What did Jesus say? Remember Lot's wife. Now, let's apply this doctrinally. We're already saved. If you're born again, you're already on your way to heaven. Praise the Lord. We're not going to be on the earth when this happens. We'll already be in heaven. Seven years, we're coming back uh, on a white horse to follow Christ to fight the battle of Armageddon. Praise the Lord. But those people... At that time, when it says Jerusalem is encompassed by arm, all the armies of the world are going to come against Jesus Christ to fight at the Battle of Armageddon. We'll be there for that. This is an amazing thing. It says when they see that, run for your life. Don't look back. 
If you're on the house, don't go down, run for your life. If you're in the farm field, run for your life. And the Bible is to be taken literally some miraculous way. God is going to bring eagles and whoever runs for their life and doesn't look back is going to mount up with wings as eagles and they're going to fly. And the Bible says that God has prepared a place. It's in modern day Jordan called Petra. Uh, and God's going to protect Israel with the wings of eagles. But only for those who don't look back. Now, I thought about this. And I'm through. We sing the song, and I'll still sing it and play it. Um, farewell, farewell, sweet hour prayer. While I'm passing through the air, going up to heaven, farewell. You know, and they show it in slow motion. Bye-bye prayer. <laughs> you know, isn't that kind of living in the past? To be absent from the body is present with the Lord. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. And I think a lot of people, they, want, they have this idea that heaven is your best fantasy of earth. And it's not. Heaven is so great, we can't even imagine how great it is. Now, I knew a preacher. His idea of heaven was he loved colonial architecture and he loved brick two-story homes with the white columns. And he loved Hereford cattle. And he loved to catfish. So you know what his idea of heaven was? I've got a mansion. Yes, and he, I've got, God's got me a two-story red brick. Man, man, if that's all you want, you've got major problems. In my father's house are many mansions. He said, out there, I'm going to sit on my porch and there's a big herd of Herefords, in England they call it Herefords, Herefords, cattle, and uh, I'm going to have my catfish pond right out there. I'm going to go do me some catfishing. I got news for you. Catfish is an unclean fish. Boy, he was living in, in an unbiblical world. But, and I would think about this was 40 years. That's all you want? You know, the Bible says there's lightning bolts coming out of the throne of God and a green rainbow all the way around it. There's a sea of glass like a molten mirror before the throne of God. And there's creatures with four faces and six wings. And they're crying out, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is to come. And there's one street made of transparent glass, pure gold. And the Bible says... It's unlawful to even say what's up there. That's how great it is. It's not our greatest fantasy on earth. This one thing I do, you know, may God help us. Forget the past. Forget it. Press on. Remember Lot's wife. How many people, how many Jews, how many people going to miss the rapture and they'll have the chance to take up with wings as eagles but they'll just have to look back you know how many people that, I just couldn't miss it so in conclusion 
they're running for their life. The hailstones and fire is falling from heaven, the judgment of God. Can you imagine the explosions and the concussion of the fire raining from heaven and the noise and the temptation? But what about my car? What about my pickup truck? What about my favorite fishing pole? Don't look back. Remember Lot's wife. Uh, may God help us to remember these things. Now, once again, praise the Lord. We're saved by grace through faith. We're already in heaven. To be absent from the body is present with the Lord. But there's a principle. People who look back, they love the world. All right, let's pray. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Want us to